And once again, we caution you. These stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. Well, I won't get away with it, huh? How many times I heard that from dumb coppers, I couldn't count. I still say it. He gave you a left eye to nail me, wouldn't you? Huh? <laughs> you can see the headlines, can't you? Local deputy captured Johnny Rocco. Your picture would be in all the papers. You might even get the tell on the newsreel how you pulled it off. Yeah. Well, listen, Hick. I was too much for any big city police force to handle. They tried, but they couldn't. But the United States government had been a rap on me. Yeah, and they won't make it stick. Oh, you hick. I'll be back pulling strings to get guys elected mayor and governor before you ever get a ten-buck raise. Yeah. How many of those guys in office owe everything to me? I made them. Yeah, I made them just like a, like a tailor makes a suit of clothes. I take a nobody, see? Teach him what to say. Get his name in the papers. Yeah, paper is campaign expenses. Dish out a lot of groceries and coal. Get my boys to bring the voters out. And then count the votes over and over again until they added up right and he was elected. Yeah. And what happened? Did you remember when the going got tough? When the heat was on? No, he didn't want it. All he wanted was to save his own dirty neck. Yeah. Public enemy, he calls me. Me, who gave him this public, all wrapped up with a fancy ball on it. Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. And I'm Langley West. Episode 174, and I'm excited about this one. Yeah, this is going to be great. Absolutely excited. Uh, we have a guy here who's a returning guest. He's a man who's best known for his roles in George Romero films such as Martin, Dawn of the Dead, Creepshow, and Day of the Dead. He's an actor, a director, and a good friend. Please welcome John Amplis. John, welcome. Yay, hello, John. hello, hello, hello. <laughs> and our idea here is, is to bring John on to, a, on to talk about a film, n- not the films he's known for, right. um, but a film that he's a fan of. Because I love hearing about people who work in film and the things that they're a fan of. Right. So we're going to talk about the gangster film. Which yes. Is, nice. Which is such a staple. I mean, it's like when, when you say gangster film, it's almost like saying the Western. Mm. It's it's like it, it's been around almost since the beginning of film. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah. Very. Yeah. And as uh, as was pointed out uh, the other day, uh, 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 we talked. Uh, we mentioned um, Paul Muni and Scarface. Right. Right. Uh, so it's yeah, very early. Right. He said that he was uh, he may have been the first representation of phones. Uh, right. I, I exactly. Is he? Is he? No, no. I'm looking. I'm looking uh, now. Scarface. I, I, I don't know that that's exactly right, but uh, well, you know, it, was known as Scarface. Right. 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 It's the same. It was all in 1931, 32. Um, you've got yeah. you've got Public Enemy, Little Caesar. You've got Scarface. Um, it's not surprising that those those movies were landing hard at the time that they did because the twenties were just over, you know. Yeah, and, Prohibition and, was still yeah, right. 
everybody was used to seeing the headline of you know you know you know mob violence in Chicago, et cetera. Right, 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 right. Um, is this a lifelong thing for you? Have you like always just growing up, always found yourself that these are the films that resonated? Well, well I'm you know I watched. Uh, there was always a movie uh, in the afternoon at five o'clock, you know. And they always played the old classics, and uh, you know, Cagney was big in those in those days. And uh, we would, ju- I, you know, I I, it, I just they just uh, seemed to appeal to me. Mm-hmm. I think I always wanted to be a tough guy was the problem. Really? Know? Well, I, wa- I I'm a wannabe. Yeah, I'm a wannabe. <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> I think oh, aren't we all? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and and toward that end, if we could go around, why do you think? Why why is the public so enamored with the gangster film or the mobster? Uh, film? I don't know. We uh, we do have a we have a love affair with them, don't we? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we have romanced them so much. Um, I, I I don't know. I I I don't get the appeal except that uh, I'm part of the group that <laughs> it appeals to. Well, I think that it's a matter of um, to a good story has both a a good guy and a bad guy, and the bad guys yeah. are always a little more sexy and a little more like intriguing because inherently we're not the bad guy. So when we watch, right. Um, when we watch Edger, Ed, Ed, Edward G. Robinson swagger through a scene, even though like physically there's nothing to be swaggering, <laughs> out, but we, we, we get to sort of park behind his eyes for a minute and right. be a tough guy, like as you were saying, John, where where you we're able to like feel what that kind of feels like, and then ultimately our morality kicks in, and the bad guy. Is, it's similar. It's similar in in a way to the, the same reason that a lot of people like horror films. In that it, it, it's 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 practice for something that you're not going to experience, or yeah, it, it, for you, sure, yeah. And uh, so we li- we're living vicariously through these guys. I, I think that the um, I think that the uh, one of the reasons why is because most gangster films, um, to some as to some extent, are uh, an expression of the American dream. Um, in that. You, they often come from nothing, mm-hmm. and they wind up right. becoming super powerful people. And it being yeah, a, I would, I, I would agree with that for sure. And it being an American story, it's also usually a story of immigrants, right? An immigrant rising yeah. up and 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 not having the same um, opportunities that that their white counterparts would have. Right. So they had to go to crime, right. and they had to. Um, yeah, and they build this empire. Yeah, but but it's also yeah, you know, uh, uh, you know it, an extension of that is there are also cautionary tales. It's like they're always like the rise and fall of somebody, right? It's like the behind, oh, no doubt about it. Yeah, it's like the behind the scenes music of like uh, <laughs> <laughs> of this particular criminal, right? It's like oh, he did this and he rose to power, and then and yeah, and then things start to crumble. And that's always an engaging story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure it is. For sure. Yeah, they. they uh, I. I want as a side note. I want to say that like what the, some of the films we're going to talk about. First of all, a good many of these films, they they have one foot in the gangster world and they have another foot very deeply in noir. 
right in film noir. A lot of most are in black. Oh and white. yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, and and they'll have and they'll have uh, um, the archetypes where the the lantern jawed hero and the, sure. and the and the, the mall I mean, the mall itself became its own casting if, type. If we were looking at yeah. the the I'm sorry, go ahead, John. No, I'm I'm listening. That's all. <laughs> I, if we were going to um, look at the, what is it, the seven types of, of stories, yeah. you know, um, is, <laughs> because it seems like everything comes back to being the, the hero's journey, is the gangster film usually the hero's journey? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Initially, I would agree that it is. Right. But then something yeah. goes awry, like they don't. They don't get that resolution at the end. <laughs> they usually end up no, right? Going well, it's down. resolved, but it, it generally resolves with their death. Right, right. <laughs> it's they they pay the price for their hubris of, right. of taking from exactly. the table what's not theirs. So it's more like it's more like Icarus, yeah, right? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, they get too close to the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they always it's always the the. The one deal more, the one thing yeah. more. The Man, we just got just this heist. This this yeah. last heist is going to be, and that's the that's the one that always does it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's it's you like heat today. When I, I watched heat, like I said earlier, I watched heat today, and uh, it was the last heist. You know, they had to pull it off. Yeah, yeah, jeez, and uh, and and try to make it away clean. And it didn't happen. Um, so, yeah. But the gangsters in it—they always are kind of heroes. There's no doubt about it. Um, and and we uh, we appreciate a good hero, I think. And now we've come to to really love the anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Right. And I guess that's really what we're rooting for. You know, like you said, the guy that comes up from nothing. Right. And uh, beats all the odds. And uh, it, it looks like life is going to, but then his sins catch up with him. Right, 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 right. I wonder yeah. if that's what one of the things that keeps bringing us back. Like, oh, are he, we, we heroize this person, and then he, oh, he failed. But next <laughs> time, the next guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, just like we like, yeah. to, just like we like, we like to watch people succeed. We love to watch people yeah, fail, because they're not us. I do want to say that we're, I'm, in my, in my list making, I, I purposely set aside things, because like you said, Western, much like Westerns, there's so many yeah. these little side tributaries. So I'm going to say that exploitation. I'm purposely setting aside all the Hong Kong stuff, the the Better Tomorrow stuff, the right. John Woo stuff, I'm purposely setting aside because I could do an hour on Johnny Toe alone. Right. Um, even as Italian... Well, pro- I couldn't, so <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> um, Even like things like the, the Japanese Yakuza films, I think they're, they're their own thing. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is very much wide shoulder suits right. and hats and everyone smokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I love stuff. And... and also, the French New Wave. I'm gonna and the, and British gangster films. I I I, I we're, inadvertently we're, we're gonna mention some of them. Right. But we're gonna try to push okay, them to the that's side. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good, good, good. Um, out of the box, I do want to say that 
I've been doing this show now for what three years or something like that. Has it been that long? And then longer than that, when I was doing the other podcast. But it's always amazing to me where, in the course of looking stuff up, you find something that you never knew existed. Right. Today, I found a guy, Robert Siodmak. Uh, he he's a '40s director. Uh, did Son of Dracula, uh-huh. but in the '40s he did uh-huh. these back-to-back films like this. They were all thrillers. There was a lot of a lot of cars, sure. <laughs> you know, and uh, that kind of stuff. And I love that stuff. So now. As a result, my as a result of the show, myself, I'm going. I've got this. You've got a this whole new, new thing, thing to and to I'm very explore. grateful for that. Yeah. So we're going to set that page aside. Um, some of the archetypes. Let's talk about those, can we? Um, sure. Most can be typified in actors, I think. Like, like I found, like when you booked Edward G. Robinson for a film, you didn't get a lot of character study. Sure. <laughs> you got Edward G. Robinson. <laughs> Um, so yeah. uh, let's talk about some of those guys. Who, yeah, uh, for sure. Let's do. John, who? Uh, you know, my, one of my favorites has been always Cagney. There you go. Um, who, the, you know, the tough guy from the Lower East Side. Uh, again, you know, the hero of the neighborhood, the dead-end kids. Uh, uh, you know, he was he was their hero. Uh, uh, angels wash their dirty uh, 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 angels and dirty faces. Yeah, that's the name of it. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, with dirty faces. Um, you know, Pat O'Brien, his childhood friend, becomes a priest, and he goes the other way. Mm-hmm. Magni goes the other direction. At the end of this thing, he, uh, O'Brien talks him into uh, when he. When he's, when Cagney's caught, he talks him into, you know, don't let them, don't be a hero to them. He wants, he wants him to go to, go to the chair screaming and yelling as a coward. Yeah. Yeah. And he does it. He does it. Uh, yeah. It's amazing. Which um, proves what a good guy, I mean, in the end. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times uh, these characters are good people. And they just became seduced by, you know, you play the ball where it lies, right? Right, exactly. And and, and it's it, it's kind of the Robin Hood idea too, I yeah. think, that yeah. we uh, find that we find appealing. Agreed. That these guys are supposedly giving back to their community in some way. Uh huh. You know. Uh, and um, so they're spreading the wealth around a little bit, and they're still doing and that. I mean, you still see you see it in things like American Gangster. I just watched American Gangster recently. Oh yeah, and it's totally that. It's 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 that. Yeah. I'm sorry, I I cut you off. Go ahead. No, I'm the. The one of the things that was amazing to me was that Bogart, which is ubiquitous with a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah. he's but mostly he started off as an asshole. Like he always played heavies. Right. Um, he's yeah. In, <laughs> he's in one of my right. one of my favorite films. I'm gonna quickly look up the year. Uh, in the 30s, Petrified Forest, Leslie Howard, Betty Davis, Humphrey Bogart. Oh, oh yeah. Um, uh, what I love about it is um, you have a diner in the middle of nowhere. I'm going to synopsize the yeah, book yeah. that I know no, you no, hate. No, no, no. I, I mean, I, you know I hate. Um, but uh, it's a diner in the <laughs> middle of a desert. Um, a young Betty Davis works as a waitress there, and she 
longs for other things. Trevor Howard shows mm-hmm. up as a man on foot who is, um, as, as my memory serves, been diagnosed terminal, and he's on his way to kill himself, and in pulls yeah. a car who uh, filled with gangsters. And and so right. through the film you've got Bogart threatening a man who is already he has all nothing to lose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's so good. It's so good. It's yeah. one of those things. Well, anyway, think about think about what, me. Well, think, <laughs> think about what you just said. What what more ripe uh, situation can you think of for drama? Yeah. And for for great Watch acting this. and storytelling. Watch this. It's very Romarian. George Romarian. Oh. <laughs> In that, I heard George say once that drama is taking a group of disparate characters, right. locking them in a room, and just watching them bounce off one another. Sure, sure. And this is in spades. Yeah. Right? Key Largo is that in spades. Yeah. Yeah. See how good I am? Well, nice. What a lot of them were. A lot of these movies, though, however, were not. They were drama of a sort. Uh, they were more melodrama, mm-hmm. um, uh, or or what you know was usually called melodrama, where <laughs> there is the the good guy with the white hat and the bad guys with the black hat. Right, and and they were pretty well defined, um, and um, uh, the good guy always came in and uh, saved Pauline uh, Pureheart from. Uh, uh, and untied her from the railroad tracks. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because so that, 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 that's kind of the definition that I go by with a lot of these. Uh, a the, lot of these films. But some of it is is very. I mean, most of the technique stuff, it's real, almost Shakespearean. Right. Um, um, mm-hmm. There's very little difference between Cagney's uh, 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 screaming "Top of the World," right, and for example, Toshiro Mifune in, d- doing uh, uh, King Lear and Throne of Blood. Right, right. Ranting in the oh, balustrades, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's the same, very much the same thing. Um, um, yeah. Uh, because the stakes are so high, and it's 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 literally, you know, the kingmaker and when that you, kind of thing. When you say that, it makes me think yeah, of... Sure. It makes me think of uh, Mishima. Yeah. Yukio Mishima. He's like, you know, I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory, and I'm mm. gonna I'm going to take this one opportunity to present my... Mm-hmm. My case, yeah, and at the end of it, my head's getting chopped off, <laughs> and the world kind of, <laughs> kind of goes, "Thanks, yeah, that, yeah. that was great." Yeah, that was great. <laughs> uh, uh, the and the intro to this, I use a slice from Key Largo, which is another one of my big yeah. faves. That's that's uh, mm-hmm. Edgy Robinson just just watching him smoke a cigar is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> But everyone defers to him. It's amazing. Like, yeah. he's threatening Victor Buono, a young Victor Buono at some point. Yeah. And you see, yeah. you see him shirking, like, don't hurt me, boss. Yeah. And, <laughs> and no one earned, owned the word copper more than more energy. <laughs> I kept waiting, like, Ten Commandments, him, him to go, yeah, yeah, Moses. <laughs> that is funny. It's uh, funny, you know, we, you know we, uh, Cagney is such a big... Um, silhouette in, mm-hmm. in this, um, and here's a guy that really was. As, he's a as hoofer. Most of those, he was well. He was a song and oh, dance yeah. guy. Yeah, he's a hoofer. Yeah, 
Yeah, song and dance guy. Yeah, yeah a good one. Yeah. A, a really good one. Yeah, and yeah, it was. I just watched. Uh, I just watched this Bob Hope tribute on PBS, which was a little uh, weird. But um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, he, Hope and uh, Cagney do this uh, uh, song and dance number in the little in the Seven Little Boys. Yeah. Um, and the two of them get up on the table. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, and Cagney dances the hell off him. I mean, he oh. just takes over. Yeah, um, so good. But that's what that's what his bread and butter was in the early days. Yeah. Well, at the at the yeah. in the beginning, it was all vaudeville, right? right. You come out of vaudeville, and, yeah. and you're yeah. making that. You're doing yeah, everything. Yeah, everything in vaudeville. Um, other. Yeah, for sure. At, at some point, these things, I, th- I feel like they were kind of like the, the the superhero movie now, where everyone's kind of getting a role, and and they made. Um, these and Noir made gave guys second life, you know. Uh, Fred sure. McMurray. Um, um, oh yeah. You know, suddenly Fred McMurray's slapping guys around. Yeah, I know. It's so weird <laughs> if you grew up watching My Three Sons, yeah. and then right. Yeah. Well, this would have been before that My Three Sons. Right. But, but, yeah, yeah, he was well, a, that's what I mean. It's like if you're if you're of a certain age, you don't know that Fred. Oh, I know. You, oh right. <laughs> you don't. You, you don't know. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you see names, you know, odd names. I, I, I found Claudette Colbert. I'm just looking down the oh, list Claudette randomly. Colbert, yeah. uh, John Barrymore was in these. Gene Harlow was in it. Oh, yeah. Tarloff uh, did one. Um, the uh, the Mask of Fu Manchu, which has yep. gangsters in it. Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, Fu Manchu was a, was a criminal mastermind, right? He, he, yeah. he was he like... He was a gangster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh... uh and it became so synonymous now, where you you see a guy in what is a, I'm going to use the word zoot suit, but it's not a zoot suit, but right. kind of like the, that. The, the and immediately you go that guy's a gangster. Yeah. yeah would it be fair to say? <laughs> would it be fair to say that like Moriarty might be the first of these guys in, in at least mm. in literature? Uh, Triple mastermind in a different way. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, certainly a mastermind. Yeah. Um. Hmm. But he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't, he wasn't a shoot 'em up guy, though. He was, yeah. Uh, right. You know. He. he yeah. <laughs> I. I don't know. I. I maybe. Uh, that sounds like a stretch, though. Yeah. Yeah. It does. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that um, the difference is that I think the gangster applies a lifestyle as not just like the one-off crime. Right. It's like. I'm not. I'm not going to steal. I'm going to steal stuff. I have an opportunity. Mostly, I'm offering protection, and I'm offering you know, like it's the classic. This is a nice place. I hate to have something happen right. to it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 on the waterfront, might be considered a gangster movie. I mean, you know, Lee J. Cobb and his pals. And yeah. Rod as Steiger, much as I think they're on, they're on the gangster side. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that again, it's it's. Uh, uh, for example, uh, I'm going to say Clue comes to mind. Sure. And the minute that Lee Ving shows up, right? I know this is a stretch. <laughs> but as soon as he shows up, you know that guy's a gangster, right? right. The way he carries himself. So I guess my point is, like, at some point, it becomes its own thing, right? As as opposed to borrowing from other genres or something, it right. becomes its own thing. It sort of pastes it together. Right. right. Um, something that's that's always um, fascinated me, and this is something I learned when I was working in Vegas. Uh, uh, cops and bad guys are essentially the same people. 
They're essentially mm. the same people. They're, they're into the same things. They like the same stuff. They, they, they like their guns. They like, you know, what. but <laughs> the only difference is, you know, one stepped through this door and the other one stepped through that door. Yeah. And before yeah. we went on air, yeah. before we went on air, we, we, we were talking about heat and that scene where um, they sit down together in the diner mm-hmm. and they know who the other guy is, you know, and they're having this conversation. And you get you do get the feeling that if if their jobs air quotes jobs were different, yeah, these right. guys would be sitting and ha- sharing you know, they'd be having a beer together. Right. Because they Yeah, for sure. They're, they're basically the same person. Well John brought up um Angels with Dirty Faces. Right. It's it's the one that goes to the light and it's it's Star Wars. It's light side, dark side. Right. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Always. Uh, always, always. I want to sort of move us into the 40s and 50s. Um, uh, we have that bleed over again. Any chance I get to talk about Jacques Tournier's Out of the Past? Mm-hmm. Robert Mitchum, um, Kirk Douglas uh, is the gangster in this one. Right. Uh, that's sad. Watch it. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. And... And if you only know Kirk Douglas from Spartacus, what's, you know. the, what, what's the name of it again? Out of the past, it's it's Robert past. Mitchum is given a he's a private <laughs> eye. He's he's fall. Did you ever see Against All Odds, the terrible eighties movie? <laughs> no, <laughs> anyway, it, I don't. I, wait, I don't it, think I have. Did it spawn that horrible I don't think I've song? I not seen as yeah. many movies as the two of you. No, no, no. I'm just saying that it's it, it's a. If you had, I was going to say it's a remake of Out of the Past. Right. Oh, okay. Uh, but Out of the Past is beautiful. It's well, black and white that you can just lick your screen on. It's just amazing. One of the cool things about it is that you kind of have a role reversal with your actors because often Robert Mitchum, well, not yes. often, but but some of his most iconic roles are bad guys. Yeah. And yeah. Douglas was always the kind of the chisel job hero. Right. And the girl right. wall is great. Um, uh, Robert Mitchum always in my head brings up Friends of Coil, which is another not. It's sure. Oh, oh, Criterion. Yeah, I love it. Oh, it's so good. They're so seventies too. Yeah. You know, my voice cracks because I was in puberty <laughs> when I watch it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, I'm gonna throw. Richard Widmark was another one that Man, would was, show up. Oh yeah, he remember everything? He, he pushed that lady down the I stairs. Do. Yeah, which what, what what was the film that that was in? That, that happened. I want to say it's Night in the City, but don't quote mm. me on that. He's yeah. so good, and there's the other one that isn't really even what we're talking about, but it's Richard Widmark. Well, he's the, he he you know he's the, he's the real psycho. He's the psychopath. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. But he you also know? was in that one movie. Uh, What's the movie about the, the 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 infectious disease that they have to track down? Jack Palance is in it. God damn oh, it! Uh, panic! Panic in the streets! Panic in the streets! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, that's so good. Jack Man, Palance. Man, pick up on Fifty Fourth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like so much stuff. He was. You're right, John. He was the guy who was always like he would giggle as he was killing people. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Uh, he which, was always a little bit psychotic. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another name that I found a lot was Hitchcock. Oh sure. Mm. Um, dealing peripherally with gangsters, uh, I wanted to bring up I Confess, which is something I think we talked about with Heather. Um, priest. 
hearing confession, person comes in and confesses mm. murder. Right. And right. the cops try to pressure <clears throat> the priest into telling into him. Into telling him who, who... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the killer decides that he needs to... The priest knows, so he needs to silence him. He needs to, super, to off the Super priest. good. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm moving forward. Ray Moland. <laughs> Ray Moland. Uh, I do want to mention Night of the Hunter, the Charles Lawton Man. Movie. Night uh, of the Hunter is like... Not for you? No, I'm, I was going to say it's like... That's his... That's his... It's... Side voice. It's, yeah, it's it's like in my top... <laughs> oh, okay. It's in my top ten. I yeah. love that movie. I love that movie so hard. And, and uh, Charles Lawton... Like yeah, as a director, like it was I, the only thing he directed besides the he did the Doctor Moreau thing, right? Well, he was he, yeah, I think he did. He was just a he was a remarkable actor to begin. Yeah, oh, he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he was just absolutely remarkable, man. Um, to this day, is there a better character study of the outsider and the misfit than than the nineteen forty one Hunchback of Notre Dame? Uh, Oh my absolutely God. not. No, no, absolutely not. That thing is yeah. like, oh. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's so good. It's absolutely brilliant. It tears my heart out every time. I know. <laughs> Married to, marry to one of my early crushes, the Bride of Brightest Time. Oh, uh, Elsa Lanchester. Elsa Lanchester. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's her name again? Elsa Lanchester? Uh, Elsa Lanchester, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. They were married, yep. Yep, I want to. Uh, I did want to bring up um, really briefly Melville because he did a lot of that thing like Le Cirque Rouge, sure. in the late fifties, early sixties. He did Bob Le Flambert, if you ever saw that. Uh, great, uh, very. Everyone's in suits, little ties. Yeah. yeah, think think Reservoir Dogs, right? But t- Twenty years earlier, right? right okay, right. and uh, everyone's driving these little tiny Citrons. Yeah, <laughs> and carrying these little automatics, <laughs> and it's great. It's very French, and it's very sort of, it's very much the hero dying, you know, yeah, in a blaze of glory at the end. Good story. hero or the the antihero, the, or the antihero. There's another thing mm. called uh, La Samurai. Uh, Rafifi is another one. That's a really good movie. Yeah, I remember as a okay. as, as a much younger person. Checking out La Samurai and being disappointed that there weren't any actual <laughs> samurais. <laughs> yeah. Um, going on to like big tentpole things. I I wanna. We did an entire show on The Godfather. Right. But you got to kind of mention. Oh, I the, bet you could. You kind of got to mention. I bet you could. Mention The Godfather. It depends on what list you look at. The Godfather comes in at either number one or number two or three. Yeah. Uh, they always list. Uh, Goodfellas in front of it. Agreed. Uh, I, I'm not sure that that's fair. I think, uh, for my money, The Godfather's may be the best gangster movies ever made. Agreed. Yeah. I agree. I absolutely agree. Yeah. I think there's a there's um, so much though so that it, it in it you you see it echoed in mo- new modern films. Absolutely. Um, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> excuse I, me. Um, but uh, I th- personally, my druthers are um, yeah. Godfather all the way. I yeah, even will watch will watch Godfather three if, if pressed. Right. Why <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so will I? It became <laughs> such a it became such a touchstone for so many different things. If you were a, a, a student of film, 
in the late 70s or the 80s, mm-hmm. it was automatically oh. assumed that The Godfather was your uh, favorite movie, you know. Had to be. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And it's still yeah. referenced today. Do, do, you, do you reference it, it at all in, in talking with actors, John? Um, 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 I don't know. What do you mean by references? It well, be... well I, I know that sometimes, like, I was, um, uh... uh you know what it, 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 what it has done, it seems to me, though, it gave, it gave people like Pacino, uh, an avenue to, um, uh, direct himself in, in terms of a career, mm-hmm. um... He, you know, because he, he he always is playing that, you know. Look at Scarface. Then right. uh, even in the thing I saw today, which was he, um, you know, he's on the he's on the wrong side, sort of, uh, and he's a tough guy, and he, you know, he's made a career out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's helped it's helped him in in many many ways, I think. Um, at least in terms of making a good living. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Goodfellas always. You know, I always lost interest in Goodfellas as soon as the cocaine shit started. To agreed. Happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I just, you know, it just went up in the air for me. I, you know, I liked the first half of it. Yeah, more yeah. than anything else. Well, I think once the cocaine comes in, then it it almost becomes. Uh, uh, its own sort of... Uh, it's almost like a second movie. Yeah, I mean... It, it is. It becomes more about it addiction is. and about the fall and whatever. It reminds me... Right. I think Casino's a better film. Than I, I Goodfellas. think Casino's a better film, mm-hmm. too. Uh, Goodfellas always reminds me, structurally, uh, of um, Full Metal Jacket. Hmm. Where, it's oh. like, where it's like, we have this one movie... And then, and yeah. now we have this other movie. Yeah, and Rodriguez right. is from Dust Till Dawn. But, well, yeah, ex- yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that makes sense. Um, I agree with that. Uh, another big one in the room would be uh, uh, like things like Once Upon a Time in America. If you ever see the Dude, oh that, yeah, that is such a good movie. So good, it's so long. Good. Outstanding. <laughs> yeah, you got to pack a lunch on that one. Yeah, that that is a long movie. <laughs> Ooh, I just yeah, know, you do. It's about three hours. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's very. But again, it's Leone, so he's used to those epic runtimes. Um, but it's very much everything we're talking about. It's friends yeah. growing up in the neighborhood, and and one guy yeah. chooses one path, one guy well, chooses the, another. That's the interesting thing about films of like Scorsese, is that you know he grew up in Little Italy, and so yeah. all of these things that he's been doing are reflections of things that he saw growing up in his life. You know, and, yeah. and sure. We talked about sure, that. Sure, sure. We talked about that on the. We talked about Mean Streets and right. Scorsese. I was just going to say Mean Street. Yeah, yeah, that's very much that. that yeah, that, absolutely. That case. Yeah. Um, God, Road to Perdition comes to mind. Oh my God! Oh, oh. <laughs> that's one of the best things Tom Hanks has ever done. Right. As far as oh. I'm concerned, yeah. I think it. I think it may may be his best piece of acting. Absolutely, I agree. The truth. And who you know, knew that he I, could be I, a tough guy? Right. Uh, uh, who knew? <laughs> uh, and he he played it beautifully. I mean, it was just solid. Was was that Newman's last movie? It was. If not, I it think was, it was. Yeah. yeah. If not, it was one of the. And he was great in it. He was like he, he was great in it. Perfectly conveyed that whole I, that that whole idea of like 
family mm-hmm. and I'm you know I'm I, I'm basically a father to you because you're not a piece of shit like my own son mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but, in, but in the end I I got it I gotta stand up for my boy yeah and it's yeah like, Conflict, like that's another thing about these movies is that the characters are so often, or at least the characters that we're kind of rooting for, are so often conflicted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 not it's not that they um, it's not just an adventure. It's like there's a no, lot of not shit at all. going on inside. It's not all just black and white, right? For us. Yeah, yeah. Especially as we get. As you get into the 60s and the 70s mm-hmm. with, with those films, because like you were saying earlier, John, uh, in the in the beginning, it's 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 kind of it is like the the early western. It's like we got the cowboy in the white hat, then mm-hmm. we got the guy in the black yeah. hat, and and then yeah. it then it starts to get all muddy. Yeah, and well, I think it gets better is what it gets. Absolutely, um, you know the com- the complexity makes it more interesting. Uh, to us, and we're not just black and white anyway. And so I think it that they have they became the films became deeper and more interesting in content uh, and storytelling, uh, and certainly too in character uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're able to see these people thinking about things. <laughs> about, you're absolutely right. You know, it's it's the it's that moral sort of drama of, right. of uh, and in the end how we get caught up in our own mythologies um, you know I'm, well, oh, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just a, I'm just bad I, you know I, or I, I'm 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 a white hat I that. think that I think that one of the interesting things is that often there's a there's a little bit of a redemption at the end mm-hmm. where it's like oh for sure you know it's like I realize I fucked up all this time, and I shouldn't have done that, but it's too late now, so I'm gonna go out this way. Yeah, you know, I'm, I, 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 and, uh, and that moment of redemption, I think, is important. You know, um, because oh, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of um, uh, a favorite film of mine, as a matter of fact, Larry Cohen's bestseller. Oh, Brian Dennehy, James Wood. James Wood's a a corporate assassin, right? Brian, he is a author who's writing a book about him. Um, um, and in the end, it comes down to a scene where James Wood says, "You don't think I'm capable of making the correct moral choice, right? right? Like, like looking for redemption." Yes. And in the end, right. he does. He does, and it's it's so amazing. It's yeah. so good, and no one ever talks about that movie. But it it's is good. a good movie. It's yeah, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about Tarantino at all? I think we have to. <laughs> Are you it's a fan? To you. Uh, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, I love Tarantino. The the for me the the ultimate Tarantino gangster film is Reservoir Dogs. Um, it's the sure. first it's the first movie he directed uh, aside from whatever that my my cousin's birthday whatever the hell my birthday party yeah was, that nobody yeah it was his debut yeah that nobody has seen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and writer as well. Exactly, director well, and writer. Yeah, and Reservoir Dogs, while it is, it like all of Tarantino's things, it borrows heavily from all these other. It bar, it pretty much takes its plot from a movie called City, City on, on Fire, Fire. Ringo yeah. Lamb, City on Fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he, he was a big video store guy, 
And he was working. Yeah, video, right. He was in video stores around the time that the Hong Kong explosion happened. So he was watching all of it. It's the stuff. same way. If you look at the Departed, it, the Departed is a Korean film called Infernal Affairs. I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I want to see. I want to look at that again. I just, um, I was just reminded of the Departed. Um, <sighs> It's, it's, when I was thinking about this, it's got a great score. It's good. Yeah, it's it's a good movie. And some of the greatest deaths. I, I, I well, re- you know, I mean, Tarantino is great about bringing people back from uh, from the great beyond. People like Lawrence Tierney. Oh, yeah, Lawrence uh, Tierney, uh, man. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, he's too. He, too. He, he was great in the Reservoir Dogs. Oh, I yeah. worked with him in. Um, and uh, that low-budget thing John Russo did, Midnight. No! Tierney was the, Tierney was the cop. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Tell me your story. Tell me a, a, a Tierney story. I don't... <laughs> I didn't have much. I didn't have a whole lot of screen time with him, but you know, but he—he he was a good guy. He, he was—he was a decent guy. But I—he I, was well beyond his—he um, was well beyond his time. I'm afraid <laughs> sure, uh, yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he was great in Reservoir Dogs. I just thought he was terrific. Oh, he was perfect, and I love the description when the when the one character says. And they're headed by this guy, Ben Grimm, the thing from the Fantastic Four. It's like, oh my God, he's right. <laughs> so funny. Uh, oddly, I just saw his face today uh, in a side by side with the the guy in California, the killer. They just oh really? He looks just like Lawrence <laughs> oh my Tierney. God. Yeah, he looks just like Lawrence Tierney. Um, he really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that brings up a question, um, John. Uh, yes, sir. Have you had the opportunity to to play one of these guys, whether on on uh, stage or on screen, like a gangster, a mobster? A... No, no, I haven't. I, you know, the closest I came to was probably in Midnight, where I was, uh, you know, part of this. I think I was, it was part of this satanic uh, mm-hmm. cult, but I got to carry a gun. And so, you know, I can I considered myself a gangster at the time. Yes, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you what. When you don't like carrying the gu- carrying a gun for the first time is weird. It is. I I got to see Perry up here back when I first moved in moved up, and um uh uh just walking to carrying was just. I don't. I don't yeah. know. That I like this. <laughs> yeah. I'm no, it, it gives it, it gives you a certain sense of uh, sense of power. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Well, it definitely. But it is a little scary. It definitely makes you feel more protected. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Was yeah. was was mid was that the film that Savini was in? No, Savini did some of the makeup and stuff okay. for it, but yeah. he wasn't in it. I remember him in a Russo film where he was a detective, and there was all these wacky shots of him working out. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I forgot what he was Oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> I didn't know about that at all. That yeah. sounds like that sounds like something he has he would have on his sizzle reel. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, I'm going to work I out. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to mention The Untouchables. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the, the Palma thing. 
Um, even though it steals gratuitously from the battleship Potemkin, sure, uh, well, it's such a good thing because it's it's so quotable. Well, let's be fair; everything steals from <laughs> the battleship Potemkin. It's like, <laughs> how many times has that scene been done in movies? A well, lot. in one way or another, that yeah, would yeah, be, yeah, yeah. That would be. There's a whole show in and of itself. I actually All the just, movies that. <laughs> I just saw it used in a weird way where they were using it was a samurai thing I was watching and they were using a leaf falling from a branch right cascading to the ground you know like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like billowing yeah. to the ground to, as a timer for the fight scene oh I'm reminded of Jogan Assassin where where <laughs> where we dropped Daigoro into the wishing world yeah and he has a certain amount of time. John's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> all right. To kill all these guys and stop the rope before his son drowns. Um, That's a, an amazing suspense building. Let victory. me... I'm just... Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a great, it's a great way to, to show passage of time. Um, I do want to ask you, John, about... Uh, uh, if... There was someone who was an actor, and they came to you uh, and asked you to help coach them on for a role like this. Why don't you tell them? Coach them on what? On a, on this particular yeah. genre? Yeah, like if I came to you and I said, John, I just got cast in a gangster film, and I don't know how to approach the role. What do you I know, do? You know, I don't... I, 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 mm. You know what? Every 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 uh, every script has its own story. Yeah. Uh, and so I I think it, it, whatever you do, you have to you have to take from the script first of all. You have to take it from the writer, uh, and and that's the first place you start. Um, I wouldn't know what to do until uh, until I had an understanding of character and story and story of that character. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't know that I would coach necessarily to any specific genre. I would coach to the specific needs of the character. Sure, um, fair enough. I don't know. If it, I don't know if that makes any sense. No, absolutely, absolutely, because, because I, it's. You know, we're not. We don't want to do cliches. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to copy something that somebody else has done. Or we have to figure these things out for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So okay. I would have very little advice. <laughs> uh, or, it, I like if somebody if somebody gave me a role like that. One thing I wouldn't do, yeah. I would not do, is go and talk to criminals. I wouldn't go and talk to those guys. Um, but what I would do is I would think about someone in my family mm -hmm. who I've always what? kind of thought of as that guy. Mm -hmm. I think about yeah. I think about my interactions with them and what I've seen happening with them. Yeah. Because then you've got a personal connection. Well, right. true. I, I mean, you, it, it, it it all you know, anybody, any actor uh, that takes upon a role uh, is going to do some kind of research. Now, if the script uh, alludes to some real-life character, then that research is probably out there and available to you. Uh, if, it, if, it's a, if it's fiction, um, there are still probably archetypes 
that you can call upon to uh, to look at and to um, try to emulate in some way. Sure. Um, but m- mostly, it's really about understanding, you know, the needs of that character and what that character's particular story uh, story is. Yeah, it, 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 um, it, it brings to mind Gary Oldman in True Romance. Like yes. that role wasn't mm-hmm. written that way. Right, but right, right. You give, right. That, you give that, that role to that actor, and you get that guy. You get that guy. Yeah, absolutely. That, there you go. There you go. That's correct. All right. Uh, now, all a, a good actor uses themselves first and foremost. That's interesting. Yeah, of course. Do do. Yeah, we have to. We have to. We have to have an understanding first. We have to be able to. Um, relate to the character's wants and needs and, and all of that. Uh, the acting comes uh, with the things that we don't fully understand. And then we have to do the research and or the, uh, the looking for uh, the traits. And, the, and uh, so we always start with what we know first, which is our own life. And then we look and see, okay, what else has to happen? Mm-hmm. And that's where the acting comes in. Because I hear so many times people that have played deplorable people right. admit in the end, like, in order to play that guy, I had to like that guy. Right. And I had to see the world oh, from yeah. his, his perspective. And, um, well, that, that, that's true. All, you, have to, you have to like the character. In other words, you have to believe your character is telling you the truth, mm-hmm. regardless of regardless of their moral standing in the world. You have to believe that 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 person is telling the truth every moment. It's the tr- It's their truth. It may not be truth that we like to hear. It may not be pleasant, but it it always needs to be the truth of that character. Yeah. It's, it reminds me of, like, w- with the rare exception, and there are exceptions, often real-life criminals, bad guys, killers, mm-hmm. they, they, in their mind, think that they're doing something good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, that's, that's right. You know, they, very rarely do you got the person who's just like, like the Joker, I just want to see the world burn. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. usually they usually have some kind of uh, justification in their head for what they're doing. It's the Robin, no doubt. Yeah, the Robin no thing about it. And even if it says it may be, their justification may be deplorable to everybody else, mm-hmm. but uh, it has to be right for them in right. order for them to be able to do what they do. Yeah. Right. And even if that truth is, yeah. I was once hurt, and therefore you're all going to pay. Right. That in and of itself is its own truth. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. For that's, them. That's fascinating. For, yeah. For them. That's yeah, fascinating. Them, it is. Um. Yeah. yeah I'm spinning on that one. Well, it's kind of like it's kind of like you know, uh, pick your garden variety if there is such a thing. Terrorists. Mm-hmm. They're. Normally, doing something in 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 the name of a higher ideal, you mm-hmm. know, and, 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 and they think they're they're 
you know, helping the world. Even if their reality yeah, is fabricated. Yeah, yeah, well, even if it's fabricated, even if... But even again, if it's, it's, we, we're reflections of the things that happen to us. Right, so if, exactly. if life is showing you that the, the way to get by is to steal and to, to run numbers or run liquor or whatever... Right. Um, yeah. yeah, we're all hero of our own story, right? Yeah, yeah no matter what it is. Absolutely. God, that's fascinating. Um, yeah, for sure. Do you? This is so not about gangsters right now. <laughs> but do you, do you find like do you find that that by getting in there and 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 talking with um or or sort of getting familiar with a character that there is. There's there's always going to be paint left on the wall. Does that make sense? Like you're always going to have a little of that with you. Oh, uh, uh, or or is it just like okay, I'm done with that role, and that goes in a box, and we're uh, never. Oh gonna... uh, no! Well, I mean, you know that. Um, no, you you yes. There's always something left over. You you know it's <laughs> it's like at the even if it's even if it's on stage, you know, at the end of at the end of the night. You should be tired, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. You should have you should have gone through something, and then it takes a little time. It takes a little time to kind of fully ingest and then allow yourself to calm down and uh, uh, relax a little bit. Yeah, get so comfortable. Always, yeah, you, there's always a little visual angst or something left over for a short period of time, at huh. least. Well, yeah, because I, I would imagine because it, if you're a good actor, you're you're at, at some point ha- you're investing yourself mm-hmm. in this role, right. and so you have to and you right. have to believe it, right? It mm-hmm. has to be true. So if I have to cry, I have to bring up some some something that's gonna cry. Yeah, that's amazing to be. Can you, you know. cry? Well, maybe. Can you can you cry on cue, John? No, absolutely yeah, I, not. I I knew someone that could I don't think that's a I don't think that's a hallmark though. Yeah, no, of, I'm just curious of, no, no. of, of anything. Uh I no, I can't cry. I can't Immediately cry. Like the girl that yeah. I used to date, they could and yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I, <laughs> you didn't call me. <laughs> yeah. You give me a chance, and I think about heartbreak. Yeah, I, oh I sure. Cry. Oh, no, that. No, 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 no. We don't want <laughs> that. We don't want that. Uh, I'm trying to see uh-huh. some more, some more well, biggies. Oh, um, Bugsy Malone. Bugsy Malone. Yeah. Oh, Malone. The musical with sure. Scott Baio, Jodie Foster. Right. I want to. I just want to bring that up because here is what I'm back to gangsters. Now. Here we have the gangster film distilled down to where what guns are shooting pies and it, it's yeah. it's so. But it's kind of cool in its own way. Yeah. I, no. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Not cool. It's kind of cool. Not cool at all. Stop. I wanted to bring up up a recent movie, um, Lawless, because... Oh, shit. I know, me too. I'm right there with you, John. Lawless um, addresses something that's near and dear. This is the Shia LaBeouf thing, right? Uh, Tom Hardy? Yes, yes, Tom Hardy. Yeah, exactly. About the... the, I love Tom Hardy. Man, he's great, right? I love him. Yeah. Uh, Oh, my God. Did you see his Bronson? Oh, oh Bronson is like... There's another... It doesn't matter what Tom Hardy does, Bronson is always going to be it. my favorite 
Mm, yeah, he's, he, he very well may be my favorite actor. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I saw this new if, Venom. If, I saw this if, new. If he's in it, I want to see it. Yeah. yeah I saw yeah, this yeah. new Venom trailer, and ooh. Uh, well, we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, uh, Lawless addresses something that's very near and dear to my heart, and that is the gangster in a rural setting. We had Al Capone uh-huh. in the big cities mm-hmm. and stuff, but all those dudes sure. had tentacles down into the, the south. Stick. And where I grew up, it was all about this guy named Charlie Berger, and uh, mm. and that and nobody's made a Charlie Berger movie yet. If only someone would write something about Charlie Berger. <laughs> Tom's giving me shit because I've been <laughs> trying to write something about this for like years. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a great story. Um, but well, all of the there was a whole bunch of Midwest guys, you know, uh, um, the Babyface Nelson. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Dillinger. Dillinger. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, all those the lady guys in red. Are kind of from r- rural America, right. and mm-hmm. um, trying, you know, trying to uh, bank robbers, and um, you know, there's not again. There's not much difference. Go ahead, John. Go ahead, John. <laughs> Go ahead, John. No, I was just going to bring up the whole Robin Hood idea again. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But they always attach to those guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's so true. Like Charlie was he, he you know, he 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 would he he'd make all this money illicitly and then he'd like drop off groceries at somebody's house that he knew was having a hard yeah. time. <laughs> now, here's yeah, right. here's the thing about that. Those guys know that that's a method of control. Sure. They they get the public support by doing it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um the, when, when, I, when I think of that, the rural sort of gangster, I think of things like um, number one. I think of uh, hard, Walter Hill's Hard Times with Charles Bronson and James Coburn. Yeah, because they're making yeah. bets. It's part of this organized right. crime thing that they're they're gathered at like old plantations. And the other thing I think of is Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bonnie and Clyde, absolutely. Bonnie and Clyde, man. Uh, so yeah, many, uh, you know, that's what's cool about this genre is that so many film milestones happen in this genre. Whether you're talking about Cagney, whether you're talking about The Godfather, whether you're talking about Ian Clyde, and, and, and the different things that they bring. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, look at... Yeah, you're right. Throw the name Peckinpah in the air. Oh, my God. And you've got things like The Getaway. Oh, yeah. Bring Me Please. the Head of Alfredo Garcia. Oh, so good. Oh, yeah. Good. That has a scene in it where there he's guys uh, talking to his daughter about being pregnant, <laughs> and he threatens to break her arm, and she doesn't talk, and he breaks it. He it's breaks just, her arm. Oh it's like, oh my god. Yeah, it's like, well, we hate him. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to see about well, of like a, like a gang of New York is also man, absolutely. You know, it goes, it goes, you know, back to that that point. You know what? Do I, you want to hear I'm, something that will make you both gasp? I've never seen Gangs of New York. Oh my God, Tom! <laughs> oh, man. You, you have to watch this it, movie. It, you have to see it. I will. That's all there is to it. I will. Yeah, I'll I'll bring you the disc, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> the thing, is, you know what I love about Gangs of New York is that it's it's far enough in in America's past that there is, uh, I I don't know how to describe it, but there's an element of. <laughs> Conan the Barbarian in it. And so, and so, well, be, well, because these guys are all converging on the five point in New York, 
And yep. they don't all have guns. You know, the cops have guns, and the cops... No, but they have bludgeons and yeah. knives. Yes, like and, they got uh, swords and, and shit. And, and, and cleavers. How have I not seen Oh, my this? God, you got to see this movie, Tom. It's so cool. And, and bare knuckles. Oh, it is, it is, it is barbaric. It is nuts, it is, dude. It is I'm completely in. barbaric. I'm totally in. And I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, that's a great movie. I love that movie. Another good one is um, that we haven't talked about is um, L.A. Confidential. Oh, shit. <clears throat> L.A. Confidential is cool because it it addresses that whole idea of dirty cops. Yeah. You know, it's like now we're... It's, it's like we were talking about earlier, John, where everything becomes gray. Like, it's not the bad yeah. guy and the good guy. Everybody has an ulterior motive. Everyone's Everybody. dirty. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it, it moves into that noir area, I think, too. Oh, great. Definitely. Great. Definitely. Like. Well, as soon as the girl shows up and the hair's in front of one eye, <laughs> you're like, ah, I know. <laughs> this is comfortable. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm running through this list of mine just trying to play cleanup. Um, we mentioned that. Uh, I do want to mention um, peripheral gangster related, and that is We're No Angels. The original We're No Angels with uh, Aldo oh, Ray oh. and uh, Aldo Ray. Oh, Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, Dude. Humphrey Bogart, and who was the other one? Aldo Ray. Skip the skip yeah, the. Aldo um, Ray, but but uh, there was Bogart. He and Bogart, and there was one more. Oh, Peter Ustinov. Oh, and yeah, they, and yeah, yeah. Ba- uh, ba- I want to say Basil Rathbone was the where they were staying peripherally. But um, there was a remake with Sean Penn don't, and Robert De Niro. Don't, don't watch that. But the original is so good. And they're, they're gangsters on the run. Yes. And um, right. I just bring it up because I never get to mention that's it. Another, I love that film. That's another kind of little... <laughs> as as, as uh, 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 you look at a genre, there's kind of little sub-genres inside mm-hmm. that. And uh, the gangster on the run... Is is like its mm-hmm. own little movie. It's like you know, Dude. it's like the hiding defi- out of the defiant ones. Oh my god, the defiant ones. Uh, yeah, it's oh. so good. Oh, uh, look at that! Just swooning over movie talk. The Untouchables. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, um, the Road to Perdition. That's exactly what that is, yeah. right? It's like they're hiding. You yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Um, have we missed anything? I mean, we've missed a lot. Oh my god. Oh, god. I'm just, uh, Tony Brasco, I oh. like, uh, oh. you know, there's, there's the, you know, the cop and the, and the gangster and, and, and his, uh, uh, Brasco's, uh, getting into the gang and becoming friends and I, you know, I, I, I love that whole idea. Yeah. Can we, uh, there was a series that uh, after Frank Darabont, <laughs> Oh, and, and um, air quotes left. Mo, not mob, mob city, mob city, mob city, and uh, oh. uh, it, and was it was only it only was a season. And uh, it got canceled. John Bernthal from Walking Dead was in it, but Dan, it was great. Dana wow. Gould was in it. It was it's it was very oh. much kind of like L.A. Confidential on TV. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Good. It's so good. And then um, uh, what's the what's the one that that did make it? Um, um. Mm-hmm. Gosh darn it. Steve Buscemi. Oh, uh, Boardwalk Empire. Boardwalk Empire. Very much so. That oh, thing's... Boardwalk Empire was great. It's Dude, great, so man. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I loved it. I love the idea of a, uh, of a disfigured assassin. Sure. 
I, I, I do love that idea. It's yeah, like, it's, this is what I'm, I mean, it, 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 it gives you a motivation, it gives you an origin, right. it gives you everything you want. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? And I enjoy the period pieces. I enjoy, uh, you know, finding out about, about the time mm-hmm. uh, and, and the environment and, and the way of life, it, you know, and how, how it is, differs from, from us in some ways and yeah. very much the same in others. <laughs> This is. Uh, I guess corruption is all corruption, isn't it? Right. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm, sure we, news. I'm sure if we went back to the Greeks, we would find the equivalent of the gangster film, mm. you know, or the of the gangster story. Yeah, yeah. there's always somebody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, roving yeah. gangs of philosophers, <laughs> <laughs> choking people with their togas. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna throw. Since you, I always whenever you. Um, the I'm, Carlito's Way comes to mind. Oh yeah, there's yeah. another one. Um, Chinatown is in there. Oh my god. Oh uh, yeah, Chinatown. Sure. Good the, stuff, man. I never, I, I, you know, whatever you think about Roman Polanski, Chinatown. Chinatown, man. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, I can watch it daily. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could turn it on and and be satisfied almost every day. You know what? Here's a movie that doesn't get back with this stuff, and I dearly love it. And 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 I, it, you know how, um, uh, no matter where you are, you have a mob, right? So mm. there's a you know there's a Russian yeah. mob, there's an an Irish mob, as we as we see in The Departed and uh, uh, Snatch. Edition and Snatch. Is another one? Yeah, um, uh, Running Scared. Huh? Running Scared. The Paul Walker movie? The Paul Walker movie. Really? About the Russian... Well, it's not about... It's about him. The Russian mob is what's causing him all kinds of grief. Mm -hmm. That movie... Oh, I don't know it. Oh, my God. John, you got to watch it. It's it's amazing because not only do they do a great job of, of basically making a Russian mobster film, interfering with the life of low life American... But they also <laughs> somehow work in Hansel and Gretel. Sure, they do. It's, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. You got like why that movie isn't held in more high esteem because it's so good. Well, you mentioned Western-based uh, Russian gangster movies, right? Cronenberg's Eastern Promises. Oh, Eastern Promises is so badass. The, you, uh, is that uh, is that Viggo Mortensen? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got yeah, this okay. naked fighting, knife fighting in a shower that is unbelievable. It's nuts, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. It's I'm better. It's better than the naked fight scene in the snow in the beginning of Red Heat. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot all about Now I, I have so many damn movies to watch. <laughs> yeah. it's oh my the, god! It's it's the worst. It's the worst here. Um, you know, I uh, uh, clearly we could go on and on and on and on, but we're running out of there the could be a podcast just about gangster films, and they're probably oh, they're probably good. <laughs> um, but I'm curious that uh, what are you what are you working on? Are you going to be at any place that people can see you, John? Come and get some time. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be uh, at the uh, uh, Living Dead weekend uh, here in uh, at the Monroeville Mall for oh, the damn. 40th anniversary for the 40th anniversary of Dawn of the Dead, wow. and they have put together supposedly 40 
guests, 40 people that were in Dawn of the Dead. Damn. Um, wow. And it's at yeah. the mall? It's at the mall? At, and it's going to take place at the Monroeville Mall for three days. Yeah. That is That's so crazy. Great so idea. Cool. I, yeah. think it, I think it's something like the 7th, 8th, and 9th, or the 8th, 9th, and 10th, something like that, okay. uh, of June. Uh-huh. And then I'm also going to be um, in early June, I think the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of June, in um, in Louisville, Kentucky, at Wonderfest, which Whoa. is a, they do a lot, I think there are a lot of toys and animated uh, gear and, and things of that nature. Sure, it's a um, huge con. Gonna, it's a, it's kind of a... Um, uh, I think it's like for, you know, it's not a regular time. Um, uh, they have a lot of people that work in animatronics and toy making and things of that nature is sure. what I'm told. So it'll be the first time uh, that I'm going to do that. They're going to be showing uh, Creep Show, uh, and so one reason I'm headed there. Yeah. And the other would they're also going to show Martin uh, as a midnight thing on Saturday. Night. Oh, oh, that's badass! So, That'd be great. Yeah, so it should be it should be pretty cool. Um, and then my uh, my agent turned down something in uh, that was going to happen in Massachusetts, I believe. Um, okay. They just yeah. Is anyway, did you have a- so I have those two things going on, and I just and I'm retiring from my job. Nice. Yeah, I well, yeah. I was going to say, when I saw that you mentioned that, I just retired from sleep. So, look at us. Look, gentlemen of leisure. Wow. Oh, yeah. And I have no idea how I'm going to make money. Now. Yeah. I, I have <laughs> <laughs> i yeah. got to find another job somewhere. Right, right, right. I hear you. Isn't it a yeah. different world now where when you retire... You don't. <laughs> you don't stop working. It's you do well, something you know else. What I want to do. I want to get. I want to. I'm trying to get into voiceover work. Uh, That'd be perfect. For that you. would be so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I would like that. I would like that. I mean, my problem is is marketing, self marketing. Mm. Um, got a whole lot of that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, That's the hard part. So, it is the hard part. And so artists. For me. What what makes me good, bad, or indifferent work as a writer yeah. is that I'm kind of an asshole. And if I go out into the world, <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> it just doesn't work because I'm used to being able to go like, nope, the tree goes here. That's why that's that's why you need someone else doing that shit, right whether it's a manager yeah. or an agent yeah. or yeah. Because um, yeah, so very rarely are artists good at that. Yeah, We're so bad at self promotion. Could you imagine the terrible Vincent Van Gogh doing his own like PR? <laughs> That's me. It's not only me. Anyway, all right. So no, uh, do they? Uh, you you have a website, yeah? Who? You? Me? I used to. I don't have one anymore. Okay, but they can find um, you around on like Twitter or Facebook. I do Facebook mostly, okay. primarily. Right on. Um, but uh, you know, I'll I'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, I've been doing workshops, so I'm I'm really I am working at it. I just don't. Um, I haven't really started to audition for anything yet, right. and uh, it's you know it's not as easy as me it seems. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, well, you gotta have some 
If you nothing, have a lot of technique. Yeah, exactly. If nothing else, John, just come and just keep coming back on our show, <laughs> and we'll just we'll just keep pimping you out. And <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, yeah, I want to start selling. Yeah, I just, I just want to thank you so much for doing this. This this has been fun. Yeah, this has been great, John. Oh, I'm so happy that you have me. You know, I know I do a lot of uh, hemming and hawing, but um, I oh, really no, no, appreciate. No. I appreciate being on. I appreciate talking You're, to you. You have, you have an open invitation. Absolutely. No, we're going to bring you back oh, for. Uh, we're going to. I have an idea. What? Find a film and then I'll watch it and we'll get together and talk about it. And talk one about film. one movie. Okay. Yeah. It's All a right. date. Work. All, All right, right buddy. That's, 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 yeah. Okay. Good, good. <laughs> we're going to be back in just one second. A girl went back to Napoli. Because she missed the scenery, the native dances, and the charming songs. But wait a minute, something's wrong. Sigiliano, all you calabrese do the mumble like a crazy with a mumbo. Don't wanna tell and tell a mumbo. No more than mozzarella, mumbo. Mumbo Italiano, try an enchilada with the fish bacala and a hey, goomba. I love how you dance a rumba. But take us some advice, paisano. Learn how to mumbo. Teach a good you don't know what's good to you. Hey, Mambo. Mambo Italiano. Hey, Mambo. Mambo Italiano. Go, go, Joe. Shake like a Giovanni. Hello, Casadich. You get a happy in the feet. So when you Mambo Italiano. All right, so we're back. Yeah, that was fantastic. I love John. John I, is awesome. Um, I love that. I love whenever guests come on and they want to they want to talk about something other than what they're known for. Mm-hmm. Because that's fun. It's interesting, yeah. and you get to see. A, a, you know, people get sick of talking about the same thing. Well, one of the cornerstones that we talked about early on was finding in famous people finding what they geek over. And let them geek. Yes. And that and that was a, more of the same. Absolutely. Moving on to second hour stuff. Got a couple things. Um, Art Paul died. He created the Playboy Bunny logo. Oh wow! That's iconic. That is iconic. That is that's as iconic as the. That's probably that's more iconic than the Rolling Stones mm-hmm. lips. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, John Jabbo Starks passed. He was the drummer for. James Brown and the JBs. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was going to say, with a moniker like Jabbo, he had to be a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, uh, Jun Ri, father of Taekwondo. Yeah, um, Jun Ri. Well, not the father of Taekwondo. Well, uh, General Choi, but he was the guy who brought it to the United States. And, uh, and oddly, um, looking back on it, um, oddly to me, a, a good friend of Bruce Lee's. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're so diametrically opposed as to as to what they were doing mm-hmm. um but Junri, you know for for movie people um Junri made a movie 
Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. When Taekwondo strikes, <laughs> and it's kind of cool. It's, yeah, yeah. It's there's a great scene where he's his hands are chained, mm. monocle, so he has to fight everybody with his feet, and it's really cool. Which is so convenient for a Taekwondo guy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Infinity War um, was released. Yeah, and it it is fast approaching. Two billion dollars. I, I, you know, <laughs> it's it's the kind of thing that, well, it, as listeners of the show know, I, you know, comic books, I really don't care that much. But it was the kind of comic book movie that whenever I saw what was coming, I'm like, oh, there's no way I want to see this. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like there's ten million characters, and that that, that always bugs me because you, you can't get really into into yeah. arcs of character. Um. I keep hearing from people that this is amazing. Yeah. I think technically I agree. But at this point, you know, whatever's going on, yeah, whatever. I'm just kind of going to see the spectacle and everything. I, I do like the idea that, um, or and, and this is just a theory on my part, but that this is all part of a reset. Yeah, you, it is. Yeah. They, um, Feige said that with Infinity War, or whatever it is, Avengers Infinity War, not one, but two, or Avengers right, the, 4, the unnamed it brings to a close this entire catalog. So you may see people pop up again, but I think what this all does is it takes the Marvel Universe and sends it into space. So now you get open doors to things like Rom Space Knight and Warlord or whatever Warlock or whatever the fuck. Maybe we'll see the Watcher somewhere. Yeah, you start to get cosmic now. Yeah, and I think as that continues in these franchises, then you'll start seeing bleed over. And I I, I remember when I was a kid and I paid attention to Marvel Comics. Um, I remember part of the allure for me, because at the time I was a big science fiction fan, mm-hmm. was that there was so much of that going on. I didn't see it as comic book stuff as much as I did saw it as science fiction. Right. If this is how I'm going to get my science fiction, yeah. then so be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, yeah. So, you know, good on them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're making money hand over fist. It's become an event that everyone has to see. Yeah. So... I guess with the war due diligence. Uh, Tremors TV show with Kevin Bacon not not this, being picked up by Sci-Fi. This uh, and 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 I d- I was really surprised mm-hmm. because they just came out with a new Tremors movie, right? With Michael Gro- Gro- Gross. Yeah, Michael Gross is he's the Tremors guy. It's yeah, like, now he is. Who knew? He used that, to be the Family Ties guy. Yeah, who knew that he would? You know that like in that. Fir- well, first of all, it was a surprise to see the Family Ties guy be this gun nut. Uh-huh. Who knew that out of all those characters, if this was going to become a franchise, that that's the guy, that's the guy. That, that would go through? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I yeah. think he's been in all of them. Yeah, I think he has, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Paramount is releasing a Stephen King DVD collection of seven films for 20 bucks. The films are Silver Bullet, Mary Lampert's Pet Cemetery, Graveyard Shift, Dead Zone, Mick Garris's, also Mick Garris's The Stand, Tom Holland's Langoliers, and CBS's Golden Years are going to be folded into that. This reeks of, like, a collection of films that on their own aren't going to warrant anything. Right. But bring them together and and put price it at 20 bucks and it's I, a fat bargain. You know, like, I, I've, you know, seen and comp- uh, thought about buying um, box sets that are like the Alfred Hitchcock box mm-hmm. set that's that's really cheap and you look at it and you realize it's all the old movies that nobody really right. pays much attention to because 
of what happened later. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you're going to do something like this, you don't just include these movies. You include all the movies. Mm -hmm. You know, you go yeah. big or go home. Double the price and and, yeah. and drop a few, drop some more. Yeah, I, it really, out, out of all of that, the only thing that I'd be excited about is the stand, and I already have it on my shelf. So. Right, right. John Woo remaking the killer, and he cast Lupita Nyong'o as uh, in the Chow Yun Fat character. She's the one of the actresses from Black Panther. From Black Panther. She was in Star Wars. Yes. She was in a bunch of stuff. Um. I, I mean, it is John Woo, so... Mm -hmm. um, Normally, I would say, I don't care. I don't care for the gender-swapped killer. But John Woo, now I care. Right. Like I, I, My I, question is... I'm sure it'll be great, but, but my question still, with any of these things, is why? Mm -hmm. Why not just make a new story with her, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I agree. And isn't a female killer kind of a Thomas Blunt? Well, yeah. No, I, I, the gender swapping doesn't bother me, except for when you're going to... What happened with Ghostbusters? Right. And the only reason that bothered me isn't because we have women Ghostbusters. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's because you're remaking the same damn movie. Yeah, do something different. Poorly. Yeah. Yeah. Use the use the universe, but make it complete. Make it and different. Why could they have not been inspired by the first Ghostbusters? Right, that would have been great. That would have been great. Yeah, yeah. There was some there was some flack in the at the time of its release about. Um, and by the way, that would have been the same if they had done male. It has agreed. nothing to do with the agreed. Like, why remake this movie? Um, there was some issue because like. Everyone's a fucking scientist except for Leslie Jones, mm -hmm. who works yeah, in the right. subway. Right, and right, right. Yeah. yeah, Mel Gibson. A couple of things coming up. Looks like he's in talks to be in Mark Wahlberg's Six Million Dollar Man. I hate this film right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Mark Wahlberg is directing it? No, no, he's he's the Six Million Dollar Man. And Mel Gibson is going to be the uh, Arthur or Carl or whatever the fuck he is. The guy his from mentor. The, yeah. Yeah. What was it, the SOS or whatever they... Wow. I can't remember. Uh, and as a director, it looks like he wants to... Richard Anderson. Richard Anderson, yeah, who Richard just Anderson. passed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as a director, he's looking at a film called Destroyer about the USS Laffey that took 22 kamikaze attacks. Mm. So it looks like he's back in the war and that... I mean, with, what was it, Hacksaw Ridge... Yeah, Hexar Ridge is brutal, man. He's good at that type of filmmaking. Uh, you know, there um, there are some people who are good at, um, you know, smaller character driven mm -hmm. type things, and then there are people who are good at epic stuff. And and oftentimes when they try to go back and forth, it doesn't <coughs> translate well. He's good at the big war thing. I, I go, I'll go you one step and say one more step and say I can't name a bad film directed by Mel Gibson. Sure. I mean, yeah. they're, they're all amazing. So yeah. my question is, do that. You know, yeah. Just do that. Mm -hmm. So as opposed to appearing in what? Father Figure 2 or... Right. The anyway. Uh, this doesn't make sense at all. So they were making a movie based on a book called The Janssen um, Directive by Robert Ludlum. Okay. For some reason, someone decided to cast The Rock... In a Robert Ludlum spy actioner. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe The Rock is 
maybe maybe this is driven by the rock and and maybe maybe he's realizing that the days of Jumanji and all these all these shenanigans well or I, he's I would agree. to do something more I would agree however he left and they, <laughs> his role is now filled by another great actor that's perfect for a Robert Lublin film John Cena <laughs> well I, to be fair have you read the book no, uh, nor have I. So maybe it's calling <laughs> maybe. for a meathead. I maybe. don't know. Yeah, you know. yeah. I think I don't, I don't know. They're they're trying so hard to get that guy into films. Like they they cast him, I guess, in this Duke Nukem. Yeah, and I just think that boat sailed. Then he he did the 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 prison on the island movie, right? Like it was around for like five minutes. No, what? condemned. No, it wasn't okay. condemned. It I was don't like, know. I want to say it was called like the island or something. Okay, last time I saw him, he was he was with Amy, having sex with Amy Schumer in in Trainwreck, and it was horrible. Um, was it know. a Trainwreck? Kind of. Kind of. Let's see. Amy Schumer in Trainwreck. <laughs> <laughs> there's a rumor at one point that they have, there's a sex scene where 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 they're talking as they're having sex. Mm-hmm. And all over the... You read the internet, and they're like, Did John Cena really penetrate Amy Schumer? It's like, <laughs> I, I hope so. I don't care. Um, this is weird. Uh, new movie, Distorted. John Cusack, who seems to be willing to do anything these days. Yeah. And Christina Ricci. It looks like, what I, from what I saw, eerie goings-on in a luxury condo. So maybe like the Cronenberg film meets Poltergeist? What's the Cronenberg film? Um... Damn it! It's early on. God damn it! You're, I know you guys are yelling at your. <laughs> well, I don't. I from what I saw, I didn't see anything supernatural going mm. on. It was way more kind of an Illuminati. We're watching right. you, kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. There you go. And he's kind of um, he's hip to it, and he's trying to help her. Yeah, out. John Cusack is yeah. trying to explain it to yeah. him. Um, I've heard rumors that John Cusack is like a quite the badass. Like he trains and. Oh, up. it's uh, he trained with. Uh, and, and maybe still does. Um, Benny the Jet Argides. There you go. For years and years and years. Wow, yeah. that's legit. Yeah, that's fucking legit. And he used to try to throw that stuff into the movies that he had some kind of control over. Right. So, Look like at for, Gross Point Blank. Gross Point Blank is a great example. He's also it uh, um, doing kickboxing comedically, but he's doing kickboxing and um, say anything. Right. Yeah. You I, know. Kickboxing, sport of the future. <laughs> that's what he kept saying. Let's see. Guillermo del Toro's Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark is happening. Good. He says it's his next film. I think that's perfect for him. That is awesome. Um, I love... Del Toro it has this ability to balance... Um, the, as everybody... It, it's a label that everybody throws around when, when they're talking about him. Fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Children's things. I think he understands... That those fears and everything that we that we get from scary movies and mm-hmm. being afraid and horror in general comes from when you were a kid. Sure. Yeah, and, and he's really, I think he's really in tune with that. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked for that guy. They could put Guillermo del Toro in a bathtub and just have him fart for 90 minutes, and I'd be so down. <laughs> um, Hasbro, this, this blows my mind. Hasbro purchased the franchise of the Power Rangers. For five hundred and twenty-two million dollars. Did the did the uh, Power Rangers movie that came out last year or whatever? It did, did it? okay. But who wants this? I don't know. The only thing I can think of is this is more of Hasbro either trying to stake out 
or reclaim their properties mm -hmm. because they want a Hasbro universe. So ultimately, I think you might see um, Power Rangers meets Transformers right. meets G.I. Joe. So maybe that's what they're planning. Um, season 5 of Arrested Development is uh, coming. But as they wait, as we wait, they've re they're reimagining season um, 4 um, by expanding the pre-existing 15 episodes to 22. Okay. So they're adding six shows and somehow weaving them into the whole thing. Rerunning season... This is hard to keep track of. <laughs> season four. And then they'll release season five. I like... I don't like this kind of tinkering around mm -hmm. with movies, but I don't mind it with series. I don't either. I, the only time re tinkering has ever worked, in my opinion, is when Lucas went back and tooled about THX 1138. Right. Because that looked great. When they added sh the windows that you can see out of Into the yeah, Wall, yeah, yeah. it was great. Yeah. Uh, it's only of interest to me, probably, but in August, Scream Factory is releasing a Blu-ray brain scan. Brain scan's great. <laughs> Edward Furlong and, and uh, uh, whatever, the trickster or whatever. It was so so feeding into this, like, video games are evil. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Um... But I'm I'm down. I'm, I mean, yeah, the movie's terrible. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, Westworld already greenlit season three. Yeah, and season two is just I've starting. I've got to get back into this. I know it's good. I know I'll. I, you and I have talked about this before. It's like, it's like, I don't understand why, but for this particular property with this series, mm -hmm. we're like, oh, that looks great. We watched. Did you watch the pilot episode? Yes. Did you watch Beyond That? No. Me neither. <laughs> Why? I don't, I don't get know. it. I, I like because everything I'm seeing is just like well, that's awesome. For, for me, it was like it's like when you leave your house and then you get to like to the end of the block and you look back at your house. That's the first episode. You think right. you look ahead at the hundred mile walk you have <laughs> and you think I could just go home right now and it'd be awesome. I know my wife has seen season one and really loved it. So. I'm going to have to strap in. We, uh, we have to. Yeah. Okay, that's our homework assignment, Tom, is we have oh. to start watching Westworld. We'll see about that. Uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, no news to anyone, and I think this is already sort of through the news cycle. Kanye West has lost his fucking mind. Oh, dude. Yeah. And I don't even want to, more, know what to say more about that. <clears throat> see, I, 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 you know about his mom, right? Yes. But, okay. And... It seems to me, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I've got my timeline wrong, but it seems to me he really started going off the rails when that happened. Which, understandably... Sure. The loss of the mother is, uh, is profound. Is especially when... Here's the weird... Kind of, I'm putting up quotes here. It's not his fault, but um, we assume that it was his money that paid for her elective surgery. Right. You know, and, and Who would think that Kanye's West, Kanye West's mom... Would be his custom auto. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 his yeah. custom auto kept Tyson under wraps for a long time, and right. then when Cuss died, everything went off the rails. Yeah, and there was no one there to say, "Don't do that." Did and you see the TMZ thing where the yeah, guy like called him out? The dude called him out. I don't understand. Look, I don't care. You could write the best music ever recorded. And you don't get a pass on this shit. No, no, and no, no. I'm sick of hearing the word genius applied to this guy. Do yourself a favor, go on YouTube and look up Kanye West 
Mo's death freestyle. There's a video of the two of them. They're at a party, and they're like, "Oh, drop some rhyme," and Kanye West does, and then Mo's. They're all, "Come on, Mo's, you do you you drop a rhyme," and Mo's death lays it down, just crushes him. Yeah, and it's it's great. So Mo's death. No one's listening to that guy, and they should be. Kanye West, everyone seems to care about. Well, it, and, and it, I, I'm reminded of the um, of the Kevin Smith story about Prince, where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, the lady's trying to explain to Kevin Smith that Prince has lived in this world this for Prince a long world. time, this Prince world, yeah. where he doesn't understand why you can't get a camel to him at three o'clock in the morning in Minnesota, <laughs> and and I think that Kanye is kind of in that world because he, I mean, he lives I don't, with the Kardashians. I don't think Kanye lives in Kanye world. I think Kanye lives in Kardashian yeah, world, absolutely. especially yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've got he's getting some really fucked up advice. Yeah, uh, it's in a related note. Michelle Wolf hosted the. White House press corps dinner. Yes, she did. <laughs> Just talked a gang of shit, and she brought and, and the gang of shit that she brought was great. Yeah. Regardless of whatever your political affiliations are, these were fucking funny jokes. They were funny jokes. It was it was the very definition of speaking truth it's, to power. Right. And you know the the people's reaction, the buckling that happened by the White House press corps. White House press corps. Um, I I. I don't know what to say to this. It's like you. She even said she goes. You should have done your research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it, it it it's part of this whole thing where everyone's fine when the when the eye of criticism isn't directed at them, but right. when it is, suddenly they're offended uh, if they've me, gone too me, far. Me, 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 me. Uh, this is cool. Um, DC, but well, this isn't cool. DC is starting a streaming service, and they're starting to get original content for it. Okay. One of the things they're working on is a series based on Swamp Thing. Right. I was just listening to something about this. Uh, executive producers and writers are Gary Doberman and Mark Verheiden. Mark Verheiden is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Wan and Michael Clear will also ex- uh, executive produce under Wan, James Wan's Atomic Monster banner. Right. Um, I, I, I could be great. Mm-hmm. Could be. I hope so. I hope so. I hope they they get the mysticism of it all. Yeah, I'm still a Man Thing guy though. Yeah, I'll take Man Thing over Swamp Thing any day. <laughs> I just want to see that. There's only like there's one arc I want to see where he go. They um, they put they put the girl he loves on trial and he comes to New York. What 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 was the uh, what was the Alan Moore arc? That one. That, that one. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um. Jake Gyllenhaal to play Leonard Bernstein in a film called The American. Normally I wouldn't care, but it's being directed by Kerry Fukunaga, who did True Detective Season 1. And uh, it, Alienist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of interested. Yeah, absolutely. Leonard yeah. Bernstein. That's a... That's a I, I, I like that we, we're starting to see projects like this where we're, we're looking at historical figures... You know, of course we expect a movie about Winston Churchill. Mm-hmm. Of course we expect a movie about Teddy Roosevelt or Abraham Lincoln. Or, but uh, why not a movie about Leonard Bernstein? Right. You know, I, 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 when you look at the breadth of his work, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, 
Friends of the show and people we are trying to get back. Phil Mucci and, and his partner Ian McKay released a trailer for this thing called Professor Dario Bava Paranormal Playboy. Well, they it, what's fun is they were doing a, a crowdfunding thing to yeah. get this thing off the ground. Funded in two days! Did it really? I didn't yeah. notice that. Yeah. 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 Fills so, the shit. Yeah. The, the, and I'm loving what Ian's doing. The... <laughs> He's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And Phil's visual style is, if you, just the visual style by itself, mm-hmm. Phil's vision is great. But it's also great at aping this, this visual style from these Italian movies. Yeah. Like, and and it's it's magic. It's, it's great. It's fantastic. I I, I love that. Yeah. Everything that those guys are doing. Um. And then finally, uh, we are recording this. The day after Crypticon. Yes. Weekend was had. Had a good time. Dude, uh, this was... I always have a good time at Crypticon. Mm-hmm. But this particular Crypticon, I feel like I didn't get a lot of work done. Mm-hmm. Um, because it all went by so fast. But, the, but even more so this year than any other year, um, I really had this feeling of coming to a family reunion. Mm-hmm. Um, there were so many hugs and glad to see yous and, 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 you know, there's so many opportunities when you get creative people together for egos to clash and things to go. I, I saw none of that. I, I had such a wonderful time. The vendor room was fucking awesome this year. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It, it was, was so much I wanted to buy, and I right. just like, I can't carry this home. It's, um... For, for people who listen, I don't know if anybody listens to us that are that isn't from up here, but Crypticon is the big oh, uh, uh, Pacific Northwest horror convention up here. Right. It was on. A, we did a whole preview of it on our yeah. last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I had a great time. I it was it's so rare for me to leave the house, and there I was, and I'm walking around and having a great. I'm hitting all these panels and having a wonderful time meeting people I never met who became welcoming me like family. Yeah. Um, no yeah. one was more surprised than I when I found myself stepping out of the elevator onto what they called the 13th floor where all the parties were. Right. Uh, you and I standing in a hallway, and people are all... I'm packed with people, and I'm like, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, and then it was it was longer than I thought it would be before I found a little corner to hide in. Sure. And, um, and, uh, and when you did, you got to talk to Cody Goodfellow. Spoke to Cody Goodfellow, who's going to come back on the show, yeah. and... Um, uh, on Sunday, I did the Richard Brake, Jeff Daniel Phillips interview, and that was great. And, and and I can't say enough. I was so honored to be there because there was never a moment where I looked at someone that I was working with and I thought, this fucking guy. Um, everyone was just top of their game. Every panel that I was on, everybody was smart, knowledgeable. And I'm not just talking about the panelists. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the people in the, the audience. The crowd, man. Absolutely. Everybody, like... There was a, uh, I was doing the, the last panel I did was uh, In Love with Monsters, mm-hmm. and there was a girl, and I was going around the room saying, what's your favorite monster? What's your favorite monster? And um, and there were a lot of standard answers, and then this one girl says, you know, vampires, and um, as did several other people in the room, and I'm like, oh, okay. In my head, I'm like, oh, that's boring. And she um, made me think of something I had never, everybody talks about the sexuality of vampires, mm-hmm. or the... Um, the desire to be able to do those things, you know, or, um, or or to be immortal. We all talk about that. But she started talking about um, taking down the aristocracy. And wow. I, and I was like, I I'm love like, it. Oh my God. I so, like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, 
and it was great. And wow. and so the whole weekend yeah, awesome. was full of stuff like that for yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I used to sweat it when I was moderating panels uh-huh. because I'm like, who the fuck am I? And then I realized that's the best seat in the house because. Yeah. I don't got to do any heavy lifting. Yeah. All I got to do is like, what do you think? <laughs> it's like, okay, you're rambling well, on too long. We're going to talk about this. And the, in its essence, doing panels, the con comes to you. They yeah. come, you have a good good panel, and everyone comes in. And speaking of which, we packed them in at the knife panel. Yes, we did. We packed them in. It was awesome. It was it was so much fun. Tom and I haven't trained since last October. Yeah. Because of bleeding ham and Christmas, there, there was and a stuff. whole bunch of stuff, and 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 then, then this general winter malaise that I went through. But, uh, I mean, and, and we were supposed to get together like a week beforehand, four, four or five times, and things <laughs> kept happening. We didn't, uh, and then you go, and I go, I'm feeling nervous, and and Langley says, "Come here," and he drags me into a corner. We do hooping for a minute, and, and he's all, "You're good." <laughs> and I'm all, "I'm good," <laughs> and my heart was. Pumping, man! It was so exciting. It was, it was so such fun. a good time, and I didn't cut myself this year. Didn't cut yourself. Um, everyone, there were so many people in there. We, we, Marshall was there, who yeah. was at the panel last year, and it was because of the panel that he started training. And he's a good guy. You brought him up, and he was doing shit, dude. It was, it was, it was awesome. Great. It, it was, was great. awesome. I, I, it, it was really great, and um, looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it next year. I love this. I love that that. For me, that that I have these bookends, mm. you know, I have the spring with Crypticon and I have the the fall with Bleeding Ham. Yeah, and and, and oh, it's probably good. You <laughs> and I, we're gonna have a conversation about Monster Palooza this year. <laughs> <I think>. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I could go on and on yeah, about that. Yeah, it, was, it was a wonderful time. Moving on to trailers, uh, we'll clip through these pretty quick. Uh, first up, this, uh, first real solid trailer to Ant Man and the Wasp. And my response is, sure, I guess, sure. It, yeah, it looks it, fun and funny. Was, and I like that uh, they're playing um, more with, uh, you know, I mean, uh, just the name, Ant-Man. We, especially in the first movie, we seem smaller than we do bigger. Mm-hmm. I love the idea that they seem to be playing more with his size-changing capabilities. Well, they do They do it in, uh, they do Giant Man in... Civil War. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, but what's cool about this is is how now they're applying this shrinking, growy technology to everyday objects. To things. Yeah. yeah. And it's really funny. It looks fun. Shrink a building and take it with you. Yeah. <laughs> and I love Paul Rudd anyway, so there you go. Uh, next up, a low-budget movie called Cargo, Man Kidnapped and Tortured, like kind of like Saw. It was. It, it reminded me, uh, it, it, it's kind of like a cross between Old Boy and Saw. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, um, the the ransom is ten, uh, 10, million, 10 million or one million per body part that he cuts off. Yeah, um, yeah, it it looked fine. I I liked it. I was interested because of how low budget it is. Yeah, it's clear like their it their one set is the inside of a a box a box essentially. Yeah, yeah it looked yeah. like a cargo uh, trailer. Yeah, or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd yeah. be interesting to see it if if they it's. A, it's an interesting challenge, and it'll be interesting to see if they pulled it off. Right. Because yeah. it could get... Being low budget, it could always get real dumb real fast. And hopefully they'll hold it together. Or you wind up with these incredibly long, boring monologues. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hard when most of the trailer is just a guy yelling into a phone. Right. And, you know... So we... I have to assume that's what most of the movie is. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. 
But I do. I will say that the they leave it open to how somehow he's going to get rescued. That something's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's see. Feral. Um, this is a movie. One of the actresses in it is Scott uh, Scout Taylor Compton, who was in Rob Zombie's Halloween. Right. Looks like a rabies-like disease, a la the Australian film Primal. That lies dormant during the day, but comes out at night. Right. It, it also it makes me think of Twenty Eight Days Later. Yeah. And that type of thing. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it if the if once you go quote unquote feral when the sun comes up, do you revert back to your normal size? I don't know. I mean, we had shots of people waking up, and so I, I'm getting the vibe I got. And and again, we don't know, mm-hmm. but the vibe that I got was that. Everybody just lays down and goes to sleep during mm-hmm. the daytime. Okay. Like a vampire. It looked like the main male actor in it, the the survivalist dude, was the the homie from um, Walking Dead, the one that got shot through the head in the prison. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget his name. Yeah. Oh, you Walking Dead fans can yell at I'm me. I'm going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't watch anyway. the show. I, uh, I'm just agreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> but it looked fine enough. I mean, you know. It looks cool. Um, I When you have... I would be far more interested if they changed physically. Because mm-hmm. I like monsters. And yeah. I, you know, and, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. These look like some lenses and some prosthetics, yeah. and but nothing and major. And CGI for rapid movement, right. that type of thing. Uh, next up, Ron Eldard, who is in Super 8, is recruited into a testing program to save the world um, called Higher Power. Effects guy, he's a big effects guy. The director is Michael Charles Santoro. This reminded me kind of of Chronicle. Uh, exactly. In fact, we even have a similar shot where the guy raises his hand and somebody goes and flying away from him. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's, in the trailer, there's something about a gamma radiation leak or something. But it, it's like a a, a a gamma radiation shower that passes over the Earth yeah. and, and is going to kill everyone. And somehow the, the the there's a guy that had been doing experiments, mm-hmm. and and now we have this guy who's affected and has these powers now. And the guy who was doing these experiments kidnaps his daughter mm-hmm. and is basically. Sending him through, you know, these exercises to see what he can do. Otherwise, I'm going to kill your daughter. Yeah, it seemed like by running him through these exercises, it was pushing him to break, do have these breakthroughs with whatever yeah. he was doing to him yeah. that pushed him to the next level or whatever. It looks interesting. I don't know how well it's going to do because it's gamma radiation. There's the Hulk. I'm thinking the Hulk. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, but you know what's going to happen. You know, at some point, he's like, oh, we've got this awesome weapon now, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, but you got this kid, and, yeah. and you're, you're pulling and all the strings for the and moment. And you spent the last 90 minutes pissing him off. And developing his powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, good <laughs> good job. Uh, next up, Spanish-language film called The Inhabit- Inhabitant. Three sisters break into a house, and they find... They walk into someone who's possessed. Yeah. Um, our, our parents are keeping a child in the basement, and they're seemingly possessed by something. Yeah. Um, it looks like a, a, a straight-up possession movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the possessed girl, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to say little girl, yeah. um, gets loose at yeah. some point. And, uh, and, of course, it's not the little girl. It's the demon or the devil or whatever it is that's mm-hmm. inhabiting her. Um, it made me, for some reason, because of, uh, she looks so poorly, it made me think of an idea, and it was like, what if 
Um, what if you have a terminal illness? You have cancer mm -hmm. or something like that. And the only thing keeping you alive is this possession. I like it. You know? I like and it. So the, 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 the thing that's occupying you, you know, so, you know, do you... You know, and then you're faced with a choice. You know, do we try to do this possession? Uh, right. If you do the exorcism, the kid dies. Right. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Exorcism. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I'm in. Yeah. I'm in more to that than I am for this. <laughs> <laughs> it had a feel of Spanish horror, though. Yeah. It definitely it, had a Spanish. It feel. looks good. Yeah. I agree. And I usually don't gravitate to these films. Uh, next up, James Franco, Zoe Kravitz, Dennis Quaid in a movie called Kin about. Uh, Man, uh, Dennis Quaid takes in a kid because his parents are killed. Right. Teaching him some life lessons. He has a brother, quote unquote, adoptive brother that comes home from prison who runs afoul of some some thug. Well, James he's, Franco. It, it's that whole thing of like you know you're out of prison now. Come, yeah. You know, welcome back welcome to the back, You know. And in the midst of this, the little boy finds a alien weapon. Yes. And it reminded me a lot of sort of laser blast. Right. But good. Yeah, you know that this. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, you know that people are gonna come. These things, these helmeted men or whatever they yeah. are, are gonna come back looking for it. And in the meantime, he's using this technology to lay waste to all of the people that are all fucking the, with all his the brother. bad guys that are fucking with yeah. his brother. I'm, yeah, I'm in. I don't know that I'd go to the theaters for this. Uh, agreed. Um, I, I felt like a, a lot during this trailer cycle, like we're we're. See we're seeing that a lot. Oh, it's this movie. It's mm -hmm. this movie. It's yeah. this, yeah. Everything that is old is new again. That's right. Absolutely. Um, now, this next one, I will go to the movies for. Uh, director Deborah Granick, who did Winner's Bone. This movie's called Leave No Trace. Ben Foster from Pandorum, 310 to Yuma, 30 Days of Night. Uh, is a father. Him and his daughter live in the woods until they're kind of caught and CPS gets involved. Right. It uh, looks really good. It looks really, really good. Um, I, On one hand, it reminds me of Captain Fantastic, mm -hmm. which was an amazing movie. Mm -hmm. A great, great movie. Um, and I'm also, um, you know, watching them clear out the camp and stuff, reminded of my time with the police department, where mm -hmm. that's what we were doing on a daily basis. It's very compelling, and it, and it's asking all these questions. Are you better off? Yeah, you know, just um, because you live in a house and you have pants and a shirt on, yeah. doesn't mean that you're doing you're you're being successful or and, being and, a good parent and living living your best life. Yeah. The child in this, educated far beyond her years, he's actively showing her how to deal with the world, and um, I'm in. Yeah, I, I it, it looks really good. Next up, uh, coming to Netflix, it's a I'm a, I'm willing to bet this film was a year or two old. Um, uh, a John Woo actioner called Manhunt. Yeah, and it looks it looks like badass John, John Woo movie. Yeah, it's like people on their backs sliding down dining like a banquet table shooting guns. Yeah, yeah, man. What's not so? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, next up, a film called Super Grid, dystopian. Two brothers retrace the road where their sister died to deliver a mysterious cargo. Air quotes. Directed by Lowell Dean, who did the he does the Wolf Cop movies. 
Yeah. Knowing that makes me think this is going to be silly, but the trailer doesn't it feel doesn't silly. It doesn't look silly. It doesn't. It doesn't look like a silly movie. It does look fun. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the bullet hits in this are awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's some great. <laughs> there's some great. A lot of splattery puffs of blood. Yeah. Um, I, when we were watching this, I said, "This is cyborg." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because it's a post-apocalyptic thing. There's been this plague, and. Somebody has a cure, mm-hmm. and so that becomes the most precious cargo. And uh, th- of course, bad guys are after it because then they can control things. And uh, I, sure, yeah, I, I feel like I've seen this movie before, but oh, I've seen this movie a couple times yeah. before. But I also feel this is another one. If it pops up on Netflix, add sure. it to my queue. Yeah, um, if nothing else, you know that the the bullet hits are good. Yeah, the bullet hits are <laughs> the, the bomb. Uh, and then finally, HBO doing a drama with Laurel Dern about a, a woman who is compelled to investigate her past. Yeah, it's it's it, it looks really good. It looks really well acted. Mm-hmm. It looks well crafted. And I kind of like that I'm not 100% sure what's going on from the trailer. She is going back and examining her relationship with a couple, it mm-hmm. looks like. Of neighbors. She, yeah, that she's spent a lot of time with or maybe spent the summer mm-hmm. with or something. Yeah. Um, and I get the feeling because in her mind it's all Idyllic. rainbows. Yeah. And I get the feeling that there's something dark there that she's... I'm going to bet ten bucks now that says there's some molestation involved. Yeah. And that's the, the dark secret. Yeah. Um, she goes back as an adult and runs into Fran Conroy from um, Six Feet Under and a bunch of other stuff as the woman... Mm-hmm. And um, looking for answers, and it's just everything. There's not a moment in the trailer that isn't compelling. Yeah, it so, was great. I'm in. Moving on to what have we been watching? See anything? I know Crypticon was taking up a bunch of your time. But yeah, you uh, I, um, I've been catching um, Jennifer up on the the terror, mm. uh, which is even better the second time around. I'm nice. watching it, and it's not done yet. I thought it was done. I thought I. I don't know why, but I thought I had watched all the episodes. But no, it, 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 there's more, nice. and um, and it's fantastic. It's 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 um it's amazing to realize that there are places on the Earth that are so incredibly alien yeah. to us, and where I mean, if you're looking at it just from a biological point of view, we should not be. Mm-hmm. Um, had a panel about this uh, horror from the sea. Mm-hmm. And that was the first thing for me was like, we're not supposed to be there. Yeah. We don't, we can't breathe. There's nothing down there. For if you, you go yeah, yeah. down far enough, it's going to crush you. Yeah. You know, it's like scary enough. I yeah, don't, yeah, I don't yeah, need yeah. a shark trying to bite me. It's like, and, and the same thing with the terror. It's just like this whole place is just, it's like going, it's like, it's like people who go to the t- summit of Everest. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to be there. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's why there's all those dead bodies on the way yes, out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, due to this global warming now, it's they're starting to find. Yeah. The snows, snow cap there's, is melting. There's something like 200 bodies yeah. out there. Yeah. And, and, and it looks like they just fell to their knees and froze pe- to them. People use them as markers. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, because whenever you're that high up in the dead zone, it's it's a challenge to take another step, much mm-hmm. less try to move a body. Yeah, you know, and they, they just go fuck them. We're yeah. leaving them here. Yeah, basically. Um, is that it? Yeah, um, I, I did want to say I, I did want to say um, uh, last year my uh, uh, bleeding hand partner made a, a short right. called the junkie and Gary um, Gary Washington, Gary friend Washington, of the show. He's, yeah. He was on our Black Forty Station episode. Yeah, 
and uh, and his movie along with um, and I was very 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 peripherally involved in it so I don't I don't like saying I have anything to do with it at mm -hmm. all um, his movie as well as a lot of the entries to Bleeding Ham last year all got accepted as yeah. entries into um, there Cryptic was uh, Justin's Amico was there Amico was there Transitions the werewolf one with a uh, yeah. friend Elena's uh, Stecker right um, and it was it, I went to the screening that showed the junkie and everybody had a great time, awesome. and everybody laughed That's at the right awesome. parts, and it was it was it was great. I was talking with Gary on Saturday, and he was just like super nervous about everything, and and I'm like, eh, you're gonna have to, it's gonna be awesome, and yeah. it was awesome. It was and, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, because of CryptoCon, I only got to see a couple things. Number one, they're both on Netflix. Kevin James has a special um, from King of Queens called Never Don't Give Up. <sighs> It's like <laughs> it's like the fucking antimatter of funny. It's the worst. Well, I mean, when I think of Kevin James, I don't think of a stand-up. Well, he used guy. to do stand-up, but th I don't know what the fuck this is. It reminded me of Kathy Griffin going, "Hey, I'm super rich and super famous, and let me tell you about meeting this guy, or let me sh let me be, as a really rich person try to sh talk to you about how I navigate the normal world." And it's like. And it's not funny. No, it's like when Lionel Richie's kid and uh, yeah, and uh, Paris, Hilton. Paris Hilton were like, hey, this yeah, is a lot. stupid. And he keeps running around and mugging and making these horrible faces, and he just doesn't. Him, he, unlike Michelle Wolf, doesn't have the jokes to back it up. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one was John Mulaney, Kid Gorgeous at Radio City. Watch. There's two other Netflix specials that John Mulaney did. Yeah. This, this is a new one. It's beautiful, first of all. Colorful is all fuck. Mm -hmm. But, um... This solid. is another stand-up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're both stand-up. Because I couldn't commit to a 90-minute movie. I can sure. only commit to an hour stand-up. Um, but they're really funny. Just super funny. My friend Kyle worked one of his shows, and he's like, yeah, the dude's, like, really, really nice. Very now, cool. Yeah, so that's great. Are you reading anything good? Um, because of the tear, I pulled the tear down off yeah, the shelf. Yeah, you were doing that... Last week, and uh, and that led me to pull Drood back down again, nice. which is one of my favorite books of all time. Right on. Yeah, I'm still reading the, the uh, Mickey Spillane Vengeance is mine. Cool. It's, <laughs> it's so funny. It's just <laughs> so unintentionally funny. <laughs> you know, um, funny in that um, like they go to these speakeasies. Right. And, you know, it's one of the ones, like, the guy opens the window and whatever, and and uh, he's, he's the character is just, of my camera, is just such a mutt that it's, and he just doesn't give a fuck, and he's, he loves walking into, like, a group of really rich people and showing them how stupid they are. Yeah, and fucking up their shit. Fucking hilarious. Yeah. Just hilarious. By the uh, way, it, it, that reminds me of... Um, uh, something I, gra I grabbed a while back. Um, I don't think I've talked about it. And it was uh, it was a goon book. The mm. goon, yeah, the Brubaker thing. Yeah, and uh, 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 there's one in particular called Chinatown. Oh, nice! And it's so fucking good. It's <laughs> so good. Um, I'll bring that for you because so, yeah, it's not it's not much of a commitment. It's you know. Yeah, it's quick. Yeah. Uh, are you listening to anything good? Um, 
No, I mean, I well, you know, everything I listen to is good. Uh, <laughs> I to, but I'm not listening to anything new. So right, new releases this week. I'll go over a couple of them. Number one, Willie Nelson has a new record out called Last Man Standing. It's okay. Yeah, it's it's Willie on the last the cruise last, control. Yeah, well, and the last thing I heard from, from I think Willie is entering into his the the Johnny Cash later years thing yeah. where it's like. The material is great. It's not uh, yeah. obviously doesn't have the same voice. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's like it reminded me of the John Prine record I talked about. A couple yeah, weeks exactly. Ago. Yeah, man, yeah, yeah, John yeah. Prine, man. I know. New Gods, Godsmack, When Legends Die, <laughs> terrible. Aisha, wait, but they're a band still. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I saw it pop up on, on my on my stuff, and I go, all right. And it was it's exactly what you think it's going okay. to be. Someone named Aisha Badru. The record's called Pendulum. Uh-huh. Ambient stuff. It was good. Tangerine Dream. They, re- they re-released two of their records, Quantum Gate and the EP Quantum Key. They put them together in one right. thing, and they put it out. Put it out. Um, Max Carbaccio Nocturnes 2. This is... When you want to go to bed and you want something to put you to sleep, this is the one to do it. It's other, beautiful. Other than the bonus material. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, uh, this one comes with a story. The sound we there's they re-released or they didn't re-release. They released a remake of the Goldie Hawn Kurt Russell Overboard. Yeah. Now normally I wait. Would wait, s- it's been released already. I, 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 I yeah, it's already been oh, released. Okay, I okay. think it's already been released, or is, it's coming. Is this another gender swap thing? It's not a gender swap, kind of, where uh, he, the, she's not the, Goldie Hawn, the female's not the one that has amnesia, it's the other guy, and he's okay, rich. Okay. So, um, it looks terrible. Uh, but, the score came up, and normally I would leave this alone, but the, the score on this is done by a guy named Lyle Workman. Uh-huh. Lyle used to be the guitar player for an 80s band called Bourgeois Tag. Uh-huh. Lyle does a lot of solo records now and and um, film scores. Back in the ni- early eighties and mid eighties, uh-huh. when I worked at Tower, Lyle used to come in and be like, and we'd always find each other, and he'd be like, "What's good?" And I, him and Tyron Porter from the Doobie Brothers, and we I just hand him records, and they would just buy him, and I had a deal where. If I give this to you because of my recommendation and you don't like it, bring it back and you can get something else. Nice. This record is awesome. I mean, the movie's is bound to suck, but the record, it starts to sound like um, kind of like the backing band for Stefan Grappelli. Very French, very sort of... Wow. Uh, Frenchy bistro-y kind of stuff. And cool. And it's, it's super good. Uh, that is it. Um, thanks again to everyone at Crypticon. Thanks... Yeah. I, I absolutely. I, I was thinking about it, and 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 I, there were things I kept wanting to bring up, but it's like we, you know, we only got so much time. Yeah, and we just did an hour. And I could talk. I could talk for probably three hours about this last Crypticon weekend. Mm-hmm. I didn't talk about the amazing new shit that Nick Gucker had. Oh Nick's my God! Killing it. I oh by the way, I I didn't even tell you. This. I in the dealer's room, I found at least three artists. That I'm bring, we're bringing on. Oh, dude, I know, I know one of them you're talking about. It was like, what? Yeah, like, where you, did you come from? This one guy, I almost want to try to find it to give you, give him a plug. His work stopped me in my tracks. It's nuts. Yeah, it, it's we. That's another thing from this weekend. Uh, 
I'm going to say at least a handful, or, or not more, of new guests that Easy. that I didn't even know about mm. and that um, are going to be great guests to have on the show. Well, I know, I don't know if they're going to agree, but oh. I went, I talked with Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton. And Greg uh, Henry. Greg Henry, and for sure John Skip is coming on. So, sure. author John Skip. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Skip Inspector. Skip, Skip Inspector. And, um... Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is... This, I love them all, but this year was, was a highlight. It was this fun. Was, this was a good one. <laughs> so, and thank you guys for um, listening and being so supportive and... Shout out to Heather again, Heather Sturbiak, because yeah, yeah, she, I did a reading and she and and she came to my reading and she was the only her and her brother were the only one there, and uh, her brother we're gonna have on yeah, and uh, uh, we ended up just sitting there just and talking and, for and an hour, hanging out, and it was great, <laughs> it was great, um, seeing everything was great, and um, but. Keep an eye on our Facebook page. Please tell a friend because we're trying to get our numbers up and we're trying to wi- broaden our reach. And the wider, the broader of a reach we have, the yeah. more, the more. Um, I don't want to say higher echelon, but the, we we can get more guests. We can get and we can get more guests and some and, heavy hitters and some bigger guests. Yeah, and we have a killer one. We have. Oh, I'm so Coming excited. Up. This is this Coming is one that we've talked about since the beginning. Yeah, yeah. He was this guy was one of the names that. Uh, was first put down absolutely yeah so in preparation i'm going to say do yourself a favor go to google and type in the name paul komoda and we'll see you next week for the bonus material podcast i'm tom carnell and i'm langley west stay scary So what? You kill.